Well, good morning, White Oak, and welcome. I'm so glad that you are here. And uh, if you're joining us online, thank you for uh, being here as well. Today, we're in week two of our Christmas series, The Great Exchange. And in this series, uh, we're looking at our worry, our pain, our troubles, and we're talking about exchanging them for the treasure that God offers. I love Christmas, and I love everything about it. I love it. It's a celebration, or it should be a time of joy. But, you know, we would be crazy if we didn't acknowledge or at least recognize that not everyone experiences Christmas the same way. You know, as a Christmas lover, someone who wants to be full of Christmas cheer, I need to recognize that there are some people who are really struggling right now, who, who maybe don't see this time of year through the same lens that I do. And it happens for a lot of different reasons. Maybe you're alone, maybe for the first time, and, and so that's magnified here during Christmas. Broken relationships hurt more at this time of year. You know, uh, sounds silly, but colder weather and darker days, they can affect your attitude, they can affect your mood. And so for some people, just this season that we're in can bring on depression. And for some, Christmas can be a reminder of past hurts. And this series is a recognition that our hurt and pain is real. No, we're not supposed to gloss over it or ignore it or pretend it doesn't exist. We are called to exchange it. That is to give it over to God. And today we're talking about exchanging our hurt for God's healing. In our toughest moments, it's God that we need to turn to. And so today's big idea is this. God's love is the comfort we need. You know, part of being a pastor is that I hear so many of people's stories. I get to hear firsthand what people are going through, what they are dealing with. Things like broken marriages, chronic illness, troubled kids, job loss, mental illness, loss of relationships, health concerns. And that list May, may seem like a generalization, but I'll tell you, those are real stories connected to real families that are here at White Oak. Every one of those phrases has real hurt behind it, real families behind it, families that are at their breaking point. There's people who are asking God right now, why me? You know, there's a person feeling like that they can't handle anymore. There's tears. There's depression. There's coping mechanisms that are unhealthy. It runs the gamut. You know, maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online and, and you're feeling that way in this season. You're feeling broken. You're feeling hurt. You're feeling alone. And we're here to tell you that the number one thing that we should be running towards, the one, number one thing that's going to bring us the hope and the healing we truly need is the love of our Father God. Part of what we want to do in this series is to show that even in the story of Jesus' birth, if we look at the narrative that happens surrounding Jesus coming to earth, 
That there's a lot of pain and hurt and brokenness even in that story. And so if you've got your Bible with you, I want to ask you to turn to Matthew chapter 1. That's where we're uh, going to be to start this morning. And so in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, we, we get the beginning of this story. The story about how Jesus came to earth. And so starting with verse 18, it says this. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was, a faith, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now this is how our Christmas story begins. This is the telling of how Jesus comes to earth. Can you put yourself in Joseph's shoes? He's pledged to marry Mary. See what I did there? But before that happened, Joseph finds out that his bride-to-be is pregnant. And I'll tell you that even 2,000 years ago, there's pain in that. Joseph is probably feeling embarrassed. He's betrayed. He's feeling heartbroken. He, he is sick to his stomach. But Joseph's a good guy. And, and he doesn't want to expose Mary to public humiliation, it says. He doesn't want to disgrace her, so he's going to do things quietly. But he's about to end his relationship with Mary. Why? Because he believes that she stepped out on him. She believes that she's been unfaithful. And if you or anyone that you are connected to has ever been in this situation, you could feel that pain. You can feel that despair. And that's where Joseph is at. And so let's look, verse 20, what happens next. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. An angel comes to visit Joseph in his time of need. He comes to tell Joseph that everything is going to be okay. His message is, don't be afraid. The angel is a messenger of God, and he comes to reassure Joseph to bring Joseph comfort. We read on that Joseph did just as the angel told him to do. He took Mary home and he married her and she gave birth to a child and they named that child Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. You see, even in this birth narrative, we see hurt. Joseph would have felt betrayed, he would have felt dishonored. He had real emotions to deal with, real pride to deal with. You know, he could have ignored the angel. He could have become consumed with anger, 
doubt, confusion, jealousy, you name it. Joseph would have had, we would have said Joseph would have had the right to feel that way. But he exchanged those emotions for trust and obedience, even in the midst of difficulty. You know, I think we do that sometimes. I think we read a story in the Bible and we just simplify it. We just make it seem so easy, you know. Joseph finds out that his girlfriend, fiance, soon-to-be wife is pregnant, and he knows it's not his. He's like, well, I'm, I'm going to leave her. Right? He's feeling bitter and broken about that. But then an angel comes and says, everything's going to be okay, Joseph. Just, just trust. And like that, it makes everything better. Right? you got to understand that Joseph is living in the midst of some chaos. But here's what he needs. God's love is the comfort we need. In the midst of our chaos, it's God's love that's the comfort we need. You know, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament was a man that understood suffering. You know, he made sacrifices of his comfort for the sake of sharing the gospel with the world. If you don't know much about him, he was one of our first missionaries. We read about him in the New Testament. He is one of the uh, authors of the majority of the books that are written in the New Testament. And, And he spent his life sharing the hope and the good news about who Jesus is with the world in the first century. And while he was doing that, there were plenty of people who stood opposed to him, who didn't like his message about who Jesus was. So he faced persecution or imprisonment or beating along the way. And so he would feel like he was trying to do the right thing. But he would find himself arrested or beaten, and the list goes on, all for doing what God had called him to do. You know, in my life, I don't know if you're like me, but in my life, when I try to do the right thing, you know, you ever feel like ultra noble? You're just like, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing here. And then you ever, you ever had the right thing like blow up in your face? You know what I mean? It's like you're just trying to do the right thing, but it causes conflict or it causes it it like makes things more complicated things don't work out the way that you want them to and it's just like it can cause you to ask the question in your mind like well why did I even try why did I even do that it would have been easier to take the easy way out it would have been easier not to try to be so noble That's probably how Paul felt or would have had the right to feel a lot of times. He's doing the thing that God's called him to do, but all along the way, he's facing persecution. He's facing trials. He's facing difficulties. He's facing hurts. But through through all of this, Paul was faithful. And he had this perspective He knew the one thing that he was going to cling to in this moment was the love of God. And so in Ephesians chapter 3, Paul talks about this. Like I said, Paul wrote most of the New Testament. 
And when he would be writing, one of the things he would do is he would write letters to these churches that he would visit or that he would establish. And so in Ephesians chapter 3, we have this letter that Paul is writing. And we're going to pick up in Ephesians chapter 3 with verse 14. We're going to start in verse 13, and then we're going to go on to 14. He says in verse 13, he says, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my suffering for you, which are your glory. He says to them, Paul's talking to the church in Ephesus here, and he says, look, I, I don't want you to become discouraged at what's happening to me. Right? Paul knew that he was suffering for the sake of the gospel. He says, I don't want you to become discouraged because of what's happening to me. Paul's talking to this church in Ephesus, and, he, and he's about to pray for them. This is a setup to a prayer that he's going to write. Uh, but he wants them to know that he, he doesn't want them to be discouraged at what's happening to him. He, he doesn't want his situation to detract from them, to distract them from what's going on. So look at Paul's prayer that he has for them, starting with verse 14. He says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family and in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Paul prays that in their time of difficulty, that God may give them strength, now, let me ask you, when you're dealing with a difficult time, when you're really hurting, where's your strength come from? Where do you turn in your darkest moments? Is it truly to God? Paul goes on to say that this strength comes from the fact that we are rooted and established in love. You know, it's easy when you're going through a difficulty, when you're going through a hurt, when you're going through a pain, to feel alone, to feel abandoned. And maybe you're watching online, maybe you're here in person, and you're in a season right now where you feel alone. Your circumstances, something's happened to you, somebody's said something, somebody's done something, and it's left you wounded and a lot of times that leaves us feeling alone. And you need to hear this. You need to be reminded of this. That the God who created you, the God who created the universe, that God loves you. And maybe if you don't hear anything else we say today, maybe if you don't hear anything else in this series, that you can walk away knowing this one truth. That you are loved by God. Paul says, I want you to have power so that you can grasp how wide and long and high and deep 
is the love of Christ. Let me ask you, uh, why does Paul describe God's love this way? Uh, why not say, why not just say, hey, God loves you a lot? Right? I mean, that's what he's trying to say here, right? He's got this really flowery language. Why, why does he go on and on about it? Well, again, I believe that we have a tendency of reading the Word of God quickly. I think that we kind of just skim over it. We read it so fast. And, and Paul, I believe, wants us to slow down. Maybe he wants us to visualize just how big God's love for us is. Maybe right now you just need to close your eyes. Maybe you just need to visualize what Paul's saying. He says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Can you picture the width? Can you picture the, the length or the height or the depth of Jesus' love for you? Paul closes his prayer with this, verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine. Are you here today or you've been recently in a time where you're feeling lost, feeling broken, feeling hurt, feeling abandoned? Who are you going to? What are you turning to? Can you wrap your mind around the fact that even on our worst day, we are still loved by God? Even when we feel unloved or unlovable, God's love is the comfort that we need. When we feel unloved, can we remind ourselves just how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Paul continues to preach this message of love and hope in his letter to the church in Corinth. In 2 Corinthians, Paul begins to preach and teach about using your pain and hurt to comfort others. This is what he says, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Do you see what Paul is saying here? First, he says, God is the God of all comfort. He comforts us from all of our troubles. 
Do you believe that God, creator of the universe, the person that created you, God who sent Jesus to be our Savior, do you believe that God is a God of comfort? And the way that Paul says it here is almost as if it's his name. You know, we do this in the Bible quite a bit, that, that we refer to God in a way that describes his actions and his attributes. Last series that we were in, we sang the song, Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, God provides. What Paul is saying here is that God comforts. It's more than what he does. He, he almost describes it as his identity. And so do you believe that God is a God of comfort? So much so that, that when we're feeling hurt and when we're feeling abandoned, when we're feeling the pain that the world brings on us, that he is the place that we seek our comfort. To church, this is what I believe. I believe that when we're hurting... We look in a lot of different places for comfort. We go to our friends. We go to a lot of different escapes. How many times do we go first to God? God is the God of all comfort. And secondly, he says, we comfort others. It's, it's a byproduct that, that when we experience the comfort of God, that it gives us the ability to comfort others. He says, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. Now, there's a truth that we all know. It's easier to help someone through something if you have been through it yourself. You know, when we comfort others, we draw back on our own memories of the comfort that we have received. Not comfort that we got from another person, not comfort that, that came from ourselves. No, comfort that came from God himself. Here, I think you need to hear this today. God doesn't cause the pain that you're going through. God doesn't put you in these, in these terrible situations so that you might be able to have this life experience that's going to cause you to be able to help somebody else through it. God is not torturing you for the benefit of somebody else down the road. Sometimes it feels like that for us. But this is the truth you need to hear. But you've been through that hurt all the same. You've gone through it. Don't waste your recovery. Don't hoard the hope that you've gotten through it. If God has helped you through a tough situation, you can use that to help others. So if you're here today or you're watching online and you're dealing with a deep hurt, let us ask this question. How does God comfort us in our pain? And this is what we want to focus on here as we uh, kind of conclude this this morning. How does God comfort us from our pain? First thing he does is he is 
present. I think a lot of times when we're in the midst of something, we feel like that God left us. We feel like that God abandoned us. We feel like that we're alone in our struggle. And we need to know that you're not alone. God has not abandoned you. He's there with you. Joseph felt alone and betrayed, but the angel showed up to remind him that he was not alone, that he had a purpose. God is present. Second thing is, is that he loves you. Sometimes that's all we need. Sometimes we just need to be reminded to know that we are loved and God loves you and he sent his son for you. The scripture tells us she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. God is present. He shows up. He is always there. And he loves you. And again... What does Paul say? He says, I want you to have power so that you can grasp how much God loves you. Because he knows, Paul knows, that sometimes we need help. Sometimes we need supernatural help. Sometimes we need prayer that we might be able to know and be secure in the fact that God loves us, right? Sometimes our feelings, sometimes our situations, they'll tell us that we're not loved. They'll tell us that God is not there. But sometimes we just need that prayer that says, can we grasp it? Can we truly grasp how wide and deep and high and long is the love of Christ? He's present and he loves you. And here's the truth. He has a mission for you. He has a purpose for you. Sometimes the best medicine when you're feeling down is to take the focus off of our self and to put it onto others. I feel like that's what Paul's telling us here in this passage, that our comfort is to be used to comfort others. The angel tells both Mary and Joseph, in essence, this whole thing that's happening, it's bigger than you. I know that this is scary, Mary. I know that this isn't what you planned. This wasn't the future that you had envisioned for yourself and Joseph. Hey, Joseph, I'm really sorry about this. I know the optics are bad. I know that this isn't how you wanted this to happen. But this whole story, this whole thing is bigger than you two. This is about saving the world. And God is with you. He's not left you and he loves you. And he's got this purpose for you. God has a plan to save the world. And we have a part in that. Mary had a part. Joseph has a part, but here's the truth. Here's, here's the great news. We have a part. And during this Christmas season, we're going to be interacting with people who are hurting. If I know anything about any of you, it's that you've had moments of hurt too. I've had them. You've had them. 
We've had moments where we felt alone. We've had moments where we felt abandoned. But God has carried us through it. And we're able to share with people who are hurting how God comforted us. So this Christmas, you can look at all the negative that's going on in life, all the hurt and all the pain. Sure, if you look for it, you'll find it. Or you can look around and you can see the blessing that God has poured out on you. And you can look for ways to bring hope to the people who are around you. And that's what Christmas is truly about. Exchanging your hurt for the healing that only God provides. Look, if you're here today and you've never made a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life, to to have a personal relationship with Jesus who loves you, and I'd love to talk to you about it, I'll be down front. Maybe you just experienced some hurt and some pain and you just want somebody to pray with you. I can do that too. I'd love to have a conversation with you. Maybe this could just be a first step for you, moving beyond your pain, exchanging your trouble for God's treasure. God is a God of comfort, and his love is for everyone. Today, God's love is the comfort we need. This entire series, we've got some real-life stories of people who have been exchanging the pain that's going on in their life for the hope that only God provides. And so in just a moment, we're going to see a story from Valerie, who attends our Coleraine campus here, and how she's been feeling the love and comfort that only God can provide. Will you pray with me? Generally, Father, I thank you so much for your son, Jesus. Thank you so much for the hope and the healing that he brings into our life, God. God, give us the courage and the ability to grasp how much you love us and to exchange all of our hurt and all of our pain for the comfort that only you can provide. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.